What is up, people? You are listening in to New Generation Hero Talk. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We have a big show lined up for you guys today. Happy New Year. We've made it to 2024. We'll be talking about big rumors regarding Marvel's plans for Kang the Conqueror. We know Jonathan Majors is out. And now maybe we'll be getting some details about who may be in as Kang the Conqueror because there was rumors that maybe they'd move on. Now we're hearing that Marvel's plans currently are recast and they may have even someone in mind. So we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about an an actor for a Marvel movie coming up that was linked to joining this film that is now apparently out. So we'll give you the latest on that as well. And of course, Aquaman in the last uh, Lost Kingdom came out is the final movie prior to the launch of the DCU is the last movie in the dceu and we'll have a review for you guys we'll have a little recap we'll talk about some of the things that's happened since there's some box office numbers spoiler alert they're not that great um we'll give you guys our thoughts on the movie very interested to hear what the guys got to say the response to this movie was one thing in terms of the critical response and of course the commercial response I get the feeling the response on this show is going to be a little different. <laughs> so I think that'll be something good to hang on to at the end of this show. Again, this is EJ Stewart listening in right here to New Generation Hero Talk. Joining me are my co-hosts, starting with Shamari Stewart and Sham. We're getting closer and closer to the to the return or the, the, the debut of Echo, the Marvel series, and we're getting more um we're getting we're getting more trailers, we're getting more TV stuff and a week from today, we're recording this on January, uh, January 2nd. A week from today, we'll be seeing the first episodes of Echo that will all be dropped as one. It's not going to be a week-to-week episode kind of drop that they've been doing for the other Marvel series. This is one they're going to just release all five episodes, and we'll just have to watch them and see what we think. So, Shane, how are you feeling going into uh, Echo Week? Um... I mean, so we had talked about Echo for a long time. I'm, you know, not really feeling too much different than what we had said before. Pretty indifferent towards this. Still, the, still indifferent. To, um, yeah, yeah, still indifferent, mostly um, towards this Echo, um, the Echo project. The trailer um, that they released before um, was good, certainly action-packed. But I just I I I I feel like I just want to I have to see it. This is one of those things where it's like I have to see I have to see Marvel Studios do this because they've kind of been falling flat so often, or not falling totally flat, but like underwhelming so oft so so often recently that I have to see it. And it's Echo and this version of the Kingpin. Um. I have to see this be the version of the Kingpin that I'm hoping that I, that I want to see, even though D'Onofrio obviously is fantastic in his role, but I have to see, I have to see it. So I'm still, I'm still pretty indifferent. Um, I mean, I also, I'm still, I'm going to binge it, you know, um, and not just for the show. I, I'm curious to see, I enjoyed the echo character in Hawkeye. I did not like the character. I just, I just don't know if I needed a show. Um, and the trailer, while good, didn't didn't change my thoughts on that. Um, 
So I have to see. I'm still very much in a wait and see mode when it comes to Echo. Okay, so Mario's in wait and see. I'm, I'm I'm pretty excited for it, given some of the stuff we've seen from the trailers. Uh, we had heard for months on end that it was essentially this mess that Marvel was trying to clean up, maybe even hide. And then we saw the first trailer and everybody was stunned. And we we're continuing to see these promotional uh, promotional videos that they're putting out for this show. And Shamari talks about wanting to see the kingpin that he, he, he wants to see, the one that we're accustomed to seeing, not the one we saw in Hawkeye. Seems like from the trailers, you may get your wish. So I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens with that project coming out next week. Kendall joins me on the show as well. Another interesting story we have uh, brewing right now, Kendall, is this rumor that according to Caden Reed uh, from the streamers, Sony introducing potentially individual product uh, projects for the likes of Dr. Octopus and Mysterio? <laughs> well, I mean, we, we know we got Craven. We've had, we have Madam Web. And we've already had, um, of course, uh, you know, Morbius, which came, kind of became a meme. And we've had the Venom franchise, which has been very successful. But now we're getting more of this, Kendall? Yeah, glad to be here, EJ, but, uh, and Shamari. But, uh, yeah, no, yeah, this, this report is, uh, I think, probably the least shocking report that we've had so far in 2024, <laughs> which has been not many, obviously. but. Uh, least shocking of 2024 when you hear uh, Sony making a Spider-Man villain spinoff movie. Um, they're running out of characters to do. Uh, I'd say I don't have is probably the second, probably the third highest profile Spider-Man villain besides being gone and that. So, mm. you know, they're doing Craven. Craven makes sense, and Craven's going to be in the, in the Spider-Man Two game. So. Uh, that makes sense as well. Um, I think I don't. I think I think a Doctor Octopus movie could could in in the in the way in the vein that they've been doing these movies could do well. Um, uh, Mysterio, Mysterio probably could as well. Probably be a little more jokery, more more like the Joker. I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask. Of the two, I was gonna ask. Of the two, of the two, you say you think Doc Ock would have a better chance of doing well. <sighs> I, I think if we're talking, if we're talking what would be a, what could be a better movie, I'd probably argue Mysterio is probably an easier movie to make. Doc Ock, I think, would probably be a better chance of probably a better chance of doing well in the box office, um, and 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 selling well, and while still being solid. Uh, let me let me ask you guys, what Spider-Man villain do you think would make sense for our movie? An individual that, movie that have, we haven't seen yet. Have one yet? Yeah. I mean, look, it's it's a it's a loaded question in some degree because it suggests that I think that any of these make sense at all. Yeah, no, I mean, the I, right I mean, answer we, probably we, pass. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing this podcast now for I don't know how many years now. What, uh, probably up on like seven years now, six, seven years. And yep. we, I remember we were having the first conversation about Venom, being like how stupid this was, and that was, <laughs> and in hindsight, you know, ended up actually being a smart idea, but like. We thought this whole concept didn't make any sense. How do you create movies out of Spider-Man linked characters who are villains that don't doesn't have Spider-Man in them? Uh, they're they've they're doing multiple now. We've already got two. We're gonna get two more. And now these two are apparently in the works. But the ones we have not seen, 
I don't know, man. I'll be honest. I feel like I feel like we're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. I mean, the one the one I think about is the one that they apparently at one point was was trying to do is the black hat. Um, right. now it's a black hat of villain. I don't, you know, TBD on that. Uh, but I think even uh, what the movie they were gonna do, which was gonna be you know black hat and silver sable, I think if if you you don't want to count black hat as a true villain, then I would say silver sable would probably be my second pick. Because I think you could do a cool action, uh, you know, martial arts meets like kind of like paramilitary kind of movie, and that probably could be kind of cool. And Silver Sable, I think, while definitely a Spider-Man villain, I don't feel like it's just so completely linked to Spider-Man that you can't do anything else. Uh, you know, you can't do anything else with Silver Sable. Like, could you do a Silver Sable story that is just you want to tell a story about some like, you know? badass chick that has like a you know almost like to me like silver sable movie could feel kind of like what a talia ghoul movie could feel like you know you want to do something similar to that yeah i think that, that could probably work that'd probably be my pick but before i go silver sable just because of the name recognition i'll probably say black hat i mean i i mean i think those are some those are probably good picks um i mean again i i'm with you guys i would pass on just this whole concept in general <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that I mean that is my answer. Um I mean I guess in just trying to think of people we haven't seen yet. Um I mean we still haven't seen the, we haven't seen the hobgoblin yet, right? I mean we haven't No. No. So I mean that's, We have a Ned Lees, but we have no Hobgoblin. We have no Hobgoblin. So, you know, maybe if we see some version of that. Um <sighs> I mean, also, I would yeah. say the chameleon, but he's apparently in this. Isn't he in this Craven movie? Wasn't that the? Wasn't that the uh, idea? The chameleon's that he, supposed to be in all these movies at some point. Uh, <laughs> he's supposed yeah, to be in the Black Cat movie. Yeah, I mean, I look. I've like, it's, we're in a very weird time where it's like plots of movies get out before they even shoot right, them. Yeah, so, like, I don't know what, some, what to believe anymore. But I, I feel like the like the original, the earliest stuff we were talking about when it came to. You know, what this movie was going to be was that it was going to be basically Craven versus Chameleon. That it was going to be Chameleon. Chameleon was going to be his brother. Like I thought that that was a thing. Uh, you're right. I yeah, that you up. right about that. But yeah, yeah. So like, but I mean, Chameleon could also be. He could probably be a really good one too. Chameleon could be. Good. You could yeah, do like right a, You could do a spy espionage kind of thing with him. Now, how about that? Could probably be pretty neat. How about a Norman Osborn, Harry Osborn led succession like series type thing, Oscorp series. That could be pretty. I don't prefer that as a show than a movie. Yeah, that's why I'm saying series. I think I think a series could could do oh, well. Yeah, that's a little different. Yeah, it's a different yeah, conversation. Probably, but yeah, but then but then how how as good as that could be? How do you do it? Harry, Harry Osborn not doing? Yeah, I don't. I, you know, we've now learned because of the success of how Marvel has handled Norman Osborn in the comic books that Norman Osborn is compelling enough that he does not need to be linked to Spider Man. As crazy as that sounds. Because right. you could never say that about Joker. You could probably say that about Lex Luthor, but even that's kind of a stretch. I mean, Norman Osborn, you could make him anybody's villain. He's just such a lunatic slash very smart guy. It's a, he's In some ways, he's kind of Lex and Joker in one. Yeah, businessman. So, right. And he's just, you know, obviously he's an excellent businessman. So you got <laughs> kind of both sides of both, uh, the, the best of both worlds going there. So we've seen him. Uh, be an Avengers villain. That's how good of a villain he could be. So that part, I'm like, yeah, I'm all in. 
Harry Osborn, so much of like what makes him a compelling character isn't just that like his constant failures at like being the model son that he wants to be for his dad who can never be pleased. It's also like the juxtaposition of that he'll, he can never be Peter. Like, even though it's his best friend is also this thing of like, well, Peter and like, it's crazy. The Peter's kind of a mess too, but Peter is smart. Peter does well in school. And Peter always seems to have his life together more than Harry, even though Harry has everything going for him. And like that little thing always kind of being like something that's always going to nudge him a little bit. Like it's his guy, but he's always going to feel like, and sometimes it's, you know, let's obviously villainous actions, but like even when they're in great terms, it's, it's, it's always that feeling like, yeah, but I'm not Peter. And, and if you lose that, I don't, I don't know how much, how compelling he is beyond that. Right. Ultimately, I think. Um, you have you know, the I, situation. I don't think you necessarily have to have to uh, lose that element. Um, like, I, like I don't know if kind of you can you can explain more on what you what you're going for, but Peter could be in the show, right? Do a Gotham, yeah, Gotham oh, kind of thing. So you do it. So you do it free bite, free spider bite, free spider bite. Peter, Peter Peter's in it, but he's not Spider Man kind of thing. That could be an argument. I mean, yeah, that can still that can still be good. I get, yeah, I guess the problem though with the secession, the reason why I like the secession because to me, it kind of it like I I assume you know you're talking about a Harry Osborne who's at the very least in college or maybe even his right, well, maybe a little older. Yeah, yeah. If you're doing like Norman Osborne and his like 13 year old son, like right. I mean, it would be very disturbing. But like, how, at what point does it just become like almost like? be abusive just to watch this relationship and not that you know no one's putting hands on harry but just like just the way he treats him just it just become just kind of like gross i don't know it's uncomfortable right here i mean right the uh without that without the idea that there's like this foil there and in peter you know because peter also didn't like peter sometimes knowingly or unknowingly like makes situation worse like it's sometimes like him just like being who he is like you can kind of blame peter for some of these squabbles that him and his dad have you won't have that anymore, really. So, that what I think we we learned that what I think we've learned from this conversation is that uh, a Spider-Man Smallville series would have been uh, excellent, but <laughs> you know, they it wouldn't yeah. make much oh, money. Yeah. I mean, that's why they wouldn't make it. Yeah, there are and maybe that's a show or a YouTube video. Once we get back into the YouTube bag, apologies to the folks that you know subscribe to our YouTube. I know we've been uh, away for a little while, but like that could be something that'd be interesting. Would be like what are movie ideas that would be better shows? Cause I think, I mean, I mean the fact that the Spider-Man show and X-Men show, like there's a reason why those shows did exceptionally well as cartoons. And there are other shows that did, that have done well, but like Superman is not, has, was not as successful as the Batman anime series. Like Batman obviously has done it well, Like there are some things, right. Cool. Warren is good. <laughs> right. There are some characters that I think, if we were just saying throw money out the way, like forget about money, f- say money's not an object, and they could make you the best TV show or the best movie of, of, of some of these characters, what would you rather watch? I think I would rather watch a excellent Spider-Man TV show than a Spider-Man movie. I think I'd rather watch a excellent Batman show than a Batman movie. I think I would like to watch 
a better, a, a well-done X-Men show over an X-Men movie. Now, those movies are awesome, and those are, I mean, I just named three, the three, maybe the three, maybe the three most successful franchises outside of Avengers that we have in superheroes. But, like, I think it's the Rose Gallery nature of them. I think with the X-Men, there's the multiple characters that get, like, more time that you can explore. There are elements to those shows and those characters that I think makes for shows that make more sense. And I think what you're talking about with the Harry Osborne, Norman Osborne, Spider-Man thing, it, it kind of lends in that same dynamic. That, like, in a movie, you could you really can only touch on that for so much. Like, they took, they did one whole movie on it, but you basically had to, you know, run the gambit of the entire Harry-Peter dynamic, and then it's over. Now, they had Harry around still, but it, it, now it just becomes a thing of he hates Spider-Man. Like it, like the 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 Peter like it, it's it's just not you the don't same. Get it started on the Amazing Spider Man too, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, Norman's it's just, dying. It, yeah, it's like as we've seen now, we've seen it with the Spider Man video games. Like the more hours you have to explore the lore, the better. I think, and some of that's because I think that quite frankly, those three entities I named, I think that their uh, their lore is is has been best thought out. <laughs> you know, I think, I think in many ways, like when you're thinking of Superman and some of these other characters, Iron Man, you mentioned like, you know, there are heavy hitters that, you know, you want to see. And then once you get past those heavy hitters, it's all right. That writer who's writing that comic book or that story, whatever, they better have something good to make me invested. You know, with Batman, you could name anybody, any, any Batman story you could think of with any of the characters that he's involved with. I, you, I, if you tell me a good story, I'm interested. Spider Man, yep. the same thing. X Men, the same thing. So I, there's I, I no think coincidence that very... those three characters, uh, along with Superman, but uh, no coincidence that those three characters that you mentioned are uh, getting new uh, cartoons in 2024. Right. Yeah. Between Batman, yeah, Spider Man, and X Men. Yeah, those. I think, mm-hmm. and there's a reason why, you know, Hulk was like two seasons in the 90s. There's a reason why, you know, Silver, Silver Surfer was one season. Like, there's a reason why some of these things, as cool as they were, like, it's just like, all right, like, oh, no, we're back on to, you know, some villain that I don't really care about. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's a very interesting conversation, and it is a conversation that maybe we should have. Uh, I would love to expand on it in terms of um, shows characters that maybe we better off as shows as opposed to movies because i think we really if we really get real as kendall mentioned some of these people like again a hulk tv show and ironically there was a hulk tv show of course it was a very popular right. one but mm-hmm. like i i got I, I have no interest in a hulk tv show today zero interest in right. an iron man tv show i think like cat, might, like, I don't, cat I don't, might be interesting one of them the same thing I, I don't yeah i don't need that cat in america i think you make him you may be able to convince me that that could be really good especially for what i, what I saw what agents of shield did like, yeah, you convinced me that could be really good, but yeah, there's some characters I think that definitely money wasn't an object, it would make more sense for TV shows. Very interesting thoughts. So, um, let, let's uh, again, you listen to uh, New Generation Hero Talk, we got a lot to talk about on the show. So, I want to talk about what's going to happen with Kang. We don't have any concrete details quite yet, but we are getting some information that Marvel could be leaning towards a recast. So we got this from uh, Daniel RPK. Shout out to him. He's saying that uh, 
as of right now, Marvel is intending to recast the villain. And that while it is indeed very early that he wants to stress that one option that they are considering right now is Coleman Domingo. So Coleman Domingo has been in various different movies, uh, including Lincoln, Selma, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, he's been in Fear the Walking Dead. He's he's uh, obviously a very talented, very accomplished actor. He's in a very different archetype than Jonathan Majors, who, of course, was fired by Marvel after being found guilty of third-degree assault. Domingo's 54 years old. So, in some ways, it may make sense in one aspect because, okay, you're moving really far away from the person that you had playing Kang. But on the other side, if you are indeed doing, um, if you are indeed doing like a guy who's replacing Jonathan Majors, you're getting someone who's almost 20 years older than him. What's the sense in that? So, I'll toss it to Sham first. A, do you agree with the apparent decision Marvel is leaning towards to recast Kang? And B, what do you think of Domingo as a replacement? Um, I mean, it's like, I guess I, it's hard, it's hard to disagree with it because they're so deep in this Kang storyline. Um, I mean, I, at this point, I'm, I would be comfortable moving on from Kang if that's what, if that's the route they wanted to go down. Um, but they've invested so much in him already as a character that I, I can't fault them for saying, let's, you know, do our due diligence and see if we can make the most of this. Um, so, I mean, I don't have too much of an issue with them choosing to just, you know, stick with this storyline for now, I'm sure. Or, I mean, I hope they have, well, I would think Feige has like a plan for what he wants to do post Secret Wars, et cetera. Um, you know, in terms of, uh, and then he can move on from Kang or, or kind of sideline Kang or not, you know, whatever he, whatever he chooses to do. But, um, but yeah, I don't have too much of an issue with it. Um, Coleman Domingo is extremely talented. He is mm. very talented. Um, I mean, I've, the most recent thing I've seen him in was Euphoria and he's, he is, has had some of the most, uh, um, interest by far some of the most interesting scenes, um, in the show. And he's very good. You can give him a monologue and he, you just let him go. And it's just, it's very, very, he's, he's really good. So I, I mean, you pointed out the age difference It's a big age difference. You know, it's, it would be another roadie, honestly, in terms of just, (laughs) this is not the same guy. (laughs) This is very clearly not the same guy. So like, I mean, it's, I don't know. I I don't really know. I mean, if if that's what they want to do, fine. I'm cool watching Domingo in anything. If they were to throw Domingo in my face, he's Kang. I'd be like, let me see what he's got because he's really good. And I think he'd do a very good job you know, for what it's worth. So I wouldn't have an issue with that, but it'd be jarring. It'd be another roadie, but I do. I, I mean, I think Coleman Domingo, I would like, I would love to see him, you know, in the MCU. So I wouldn't have an issue with that. Shamari mentioned uh, Coleman's appearance in Euphoria. He won a primetime Emmy award for outstanding guest actor in a drama series for that performance in Euphoria, playing a recovering drug addict, uh, Ali. So yeah, I mean, 
Coleman Domingo. It's, it's one of those things. It's almost like, uh, not to make it weird. I don't think this is weird, but maybe it is. I don't know. But it's almost like, you know, when like you're, you're getting over like a crush or you're getting over an ex and then like, you know, someone else walks in and you're like, woof. And then you're like, well, I'm getting some over whatever heartbreak has went over. Like to me, like as much as I personally kind of like really enjoy the Jonathan Major's portrayal of Kang, I thought that in many ways he was perfect for the role. It's like, I see they're throwing around a name like Coleman Mingo. I'm like, well, that gets me right back involved and right back into the mix. And I've been someone who's been very supportive of the idea of recasting. Because while I think the, there have been plenty of missteps leading up to Secret Wars and Kang Dynasty, I don't think that there is necessarily um, no me on the bone to figure out the Kang story. I think Kang is still a cool character. I think there, that Jonathan Major is definitely brought out a lot in it and i didn't feel like it was necessarily something that had to be thrown completely on the shelf because of the missteps that happened in the likes of uh of the multiverse movies particularly of course ant-man how do you feel in terms of marvel potentially leaning towards a recast and coleman domingo being the guy that they're uh, eyeing can you maybe yeah no sorry yeah no i i think that it's interesting um i think this is a I'm still curious to see what direction they go because you know, on some level you feel like they have to they have to recast almost no matter what, because I can't imagine you write this character off off screen. Um I mean we we've I mean we've seen it done before. I mean, you know, let's be frank, they did it with Black Panther. You know, they wrote Black Panther off off screen, so it's like you know, it's not like they're it's not like Marvel's afraid to do it, but that's true. Uh, that's that, but that's you know, I don't really know if the Black Panther thing worked in terms of execution and you know necessary closure or whatever you want else you want to call it, and I don't know if just throwing a line in Avengers five. Mobius or Loki being like, yeah, we you know we got all the Kang variants, or the He Who Remains variants. They're all gone now. That's crazy. Wow. And then they move on. Like I don't know if that's gonna work. Um, maybe it is. Maybe it would. But I think even if you wanted to move off of Kang, I feel like you may need to recast anyway. And then if you want to move off of him, you still could. Um, like I've heard one, one possible, one possible, uh, like one theory on it, on how they could execute. Uh, moving on from Kang would be almost taking the uh, invincible approach. Um, you know, of doing that whole, uh, you know, doing that whole have somebody uh, have all the Kang variants meet up in one spot and then blow them up kind of thing, or you know, somebody right. sneak attack them, take them out. You know, um, and that'll be it. You know, whoever that person is, a Doom, uh, Beyonder, whoever, whoever they want to throw in as the the new main villain have that be the person that takes them all out. But even if you were going to do something like that, you still need to recast King. But, um, yeah, so that, that, that's, that would be my, uh, question is, are they recasting this King character? Regardless of who plays him, are they recasting this character to play him in multiple movies? Are they recasting him to mm. be the villain of one movie? Or are they recasting him, you know, just to be him for a quarter of a movie? And then have question. Taken out I, mean, I can't imagine in terms of the future of the Kang character beyond the Avenger movies that 
there is one. I think that regardless, I agree. even they're able to nab someone as great as Domingo and someone who I think would do an outstanding job, I think that they, I think they want to finish their story, to quote uh, Cody Rhodes, but I don't think they want us to continue to keep talking about the Kang legacy because now it has been so stained by Jonathan Majors. So I think that they want someone who can finish the story, do the job adequately, and do it well. Um, it's why they're taking the name Kang out of the, of the title of one of the Avenger movies. I do think they feel like they don't, I, and I and I get it. Like I think, yes, they gave themselves an easy out when it came to saying no, we could just introduce Doctor Doom or just whatever. But like, like clearly, you know, Kevin Feige, while we've given him a lot of crap and a lot of it's been deserved. I, I do think he is meticulous when it comes to wanting to introduce characters like uh, Doctor Doom. He was meticulous about how he wanted to introduce Kang. I mean, we now, as we see, like this was going to be characters going to appear in multiple movies. He wanted to introduce them in, of course, Ant Man, and like the plan didn't work. But the idea that he's willing to uh, just you know throw out whatever plans he had for Doctor Doom or Beyond or whoever, and say, okay. I'm going to now just throw that all out because of what happened and not try to at least finish the story. I don't want to say it was far-fetched because they went through a lot with Jonathan Major, but I just felt like I knew that was going to be a tough ask for Feige. So I think what you're seeing is probably going to be some kind of middle game where you'll have Domingo, if they can, or someone else play the role. His role in the movie may be, it's going to be major, but it won't, no pun intended, but it may be altered. The story clearly is being altered to fit whatever they need to do to push it forward. And maybe it'll allow them to have a, maybe a more of a softer relaunch or a softer introduction of a Dr. Doom or someone like that. But I think what, what we were hearing and a lot of the, the speculation was you were just like, just pretend Kang didn't exist. And now Dr. Doom is the villain for Avengers five and six. And it's like, what, how do you even begin to, to get that? How did Doom get to that level to get to that point? You know, it's, it's like, it, it, it takes, it's, it will take a lot. And I'm quite frankly, I don't know if I trust Kevin Feige to, with the way he's been writing stuff right now. I don't know if I trust him to figure out a story to make that work. I, I trust him better to just finish whatever he wanted to do and just amend it a little bit and then get me to whatever clean start he wants to do post-Secret Wars. Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, the the other part of the King legacy, well, first of all, on the age thing, I mean, I feel like if you're talking about an actor like Coleman Domingo, uh, you know, you probably could get away with, you probably can get away with it in terms of, you know, obviously we really don't know how old Kang is, right? Like he could be, you know, he could be a hundred years old for all we know, but yeah, um, and Coleman you know, looks, probably, he Coleman looks at least 10, 15 years older than majors right he looks he looks older than majors but, but to be honest i kind of like it kendall because to me it's like if you were gonna kind of create a prime kang yeah have this idea that like this is a kang who is more seasoned who's been through more like right I, like I, the, 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 the primary name that we've heard the yeah, the name we've heard in that scenario is denzel uh and that obviously would be you know great and that would definitely solve that issue because like you said it'd be a clear thing of this is an, an older, more ver- seasoned version of the same guy, um, and you can do that. I mean, it's just like the Star Wars thing, right? I mean, you got you and McGregor and Alec Guinness, you know, <laughs> right? It's supposed to be playing the same guy, and we just believe yeah. it, you know. You know, Alden Ironreich and Harrison Ford is supposed to be playing the same guy, and we just believe it. So, 
Uh, it's not like it's never happened before in cinema. Yeah, I mean that's that that is an angle they could go with for sure. Um, that may be what they're trying to do, and, and I'd buy it. I'd buy it. I mean, especially if it's it's you know, uh, like you guys are saying, kind of like a middle ground between just just kind of finding a bridge to just the next big bet, right? Just okay. We all know what happened with majors. We all like everyone's going into the theater, probably having some awareness of that. And, you know, this is, you know, they kind of give put forth their way of explaining, um, you know, what happens to this character. And then we all kind of see, know that they're trying to move forward. I'm, I, I would be fine with that. Um, you know, it, it, so I think that may be honestly the best case scenario is that they try to do something like that. The, yeah. Go ahead, Kendall. No, I was just going to say the, the other part of the Kane thing is um, I still I would still be surprised if they've had Kane this featured and they want to do Young Avengers and they don't do Iron Lad at all. And mm-hmm. so yeah, uh, and I think that that's too. a smart way to keep Kane alive, so to speak, and keep his character relevant without uh, while still being able to recast him and not having to use Jonathan Major. Right. And 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 move on from him for the time being as well. Like you know, if this right. is the end of this Kang character, you can have Iron Lad be this guy. We're like, what's gonna happen to him? You know, and it allows you right. to eventually bring right. back Kang at some point if you want to. You know, but it doesn't. We're not just gonna be sitting with this thing of like Kang should be around all the time. Um, we'll kind of technically still have him around all the time, but in a totally different way, a, a, sim- akin to kind of what we we're talking about, where it's Denzel or. Domingo playing the character so definitely um interesting story to follow and you know whenever they make a decision it will be probably the one of the biggest stories of the year when it comes to superhero news so um speaking of uh big superhero news so this one uh we have coming down as well very interesting details so there was word that uh Stephen Young um was going to be playing the century the fact that the it was a uh, the Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman, who actually confirmed that Stephen Young is playing the Sentry in the movie Thunderbolts, which is going to star, of course, uh, Sebastian Stan and um, and and a lot of those uh, characters we've seen. Some of them introduced in the likes of Black Widow. Some of them introduced in uh, what other stuff we saw? Of course, um, well, almost all of them in Black Widow. Right? Who else? What else? Isn't uh, uh, Ghost was in Ant Man? Ghost, right? right. Remember that Ghost is going to be in it as well. So you got, you know, uh, you got Yelena, Winter Soldier, Red Guardian, Taskmaster, John Walker. John Walker. Right. Uh, so that's someone from Falcon and Winter Soldier. So a lot of those characters. And Sentry was supposed to be a part of this. And it was apparently Stephen Young who was going to be the person playing the character. Well, according to the moderators of dcu Luke, uh dcu leaks which is the reddit page they are claiming that thunderbolts no longer has steven yun in the bag apparently uh yun may have dropped out of this movie it is only a rumor so that's all we know as of right now but it was all but confirmed that yun was going to be playing you know uh the century and now Maybe he won't be, which is pretty crazy because this movie is not that far off. So, uh, Kendall, this is true. How much of a blow is this for the Thunderbolts and how much of a blow is this for Marvel? Uh, 
I it's hard for me to say it's below. Uh, it's hard because I don't know. I mean, obviously, they never even officially announced them, which is again, it goes back to look. So a lot of that's on Feige still, as I always say. You don't want to if you have something that's been done and you don't want to announce it, then that's on you. You know, I say one thing: it's a lot. It's a lot harder for someone to drop out of a role if they were <laughs> announced right. What exactly. Do. Like Steve exactly. Young could just sit now, there and say, "Well, I never said I was playing this character." Right now, maybe this is why they didn't announce it. Obviously, is because maybe they they knew it wasn't done and they didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't right. want to announce something that wasn't done, and it got I got out early, and this is the aftermath. But um, so it's hard for me to say how bad it is because I mean, you know, we don't know who else they're looking at. Uh, obviously, the the big thing with this character is that Sedri is not typically Asian, and so. Um, that was them going out of the outside of the box, so to speak, to cast somebody. Um, you know, obviously that that that's an Asian actor. And the other thing, even beyond that, if you're not, you know, if you don't really care about that stuff, is you know, Stephen Young is not exactly the biggest guy. And Century, you're going to be playing a sort of a Superman-like character. Um, and Stephen Young's a smaller guy. You know, obviously we've seen with. CGI and you know we just, just guys working out and getting bigger for roles. I mean, David Cornsweet isn't the biggest guy either. He's about to play Superman, so it's not like again that's not like the only prerequisite. Henry Cavill isn't the biggest guy when he was casted, so um, so those are just little things. But obviously, those actors those are those were actors that weren't as big as Stephen Young at this point. So is he gonna completely transform his body type to play a character that's just a villain of a Marvel movie? So. So the questions that you have, I mean, there were rumors that they were going to try and make the character, and they still could. There were rumors they were trying to make him almost, almost like a like a like a Dragon Ball Z kind of kind of you know fighting style. A lot of you know a lot of the Man of Steel stuff that we saw from Superman, and that was some of the stuff we were going to see in this Thunderbolts movie from Century. Um, and you know, so we'll see what they end up what they end up doing with the character and the role. Uh, if he's even in the movie for all we know, we may not, we may not have century anyway, you know, but because um, all this stuff is still uh, nothing's been said by Marvel officially, but I don't think it's I don't think it's a red flag until we find out who they cast and they could wind up casting somebody that I'm like, eh, I don't know about this. But in many cases, like I, I told Shamari, uh, we watched Ahsoka um, and, you know, obviously Mina Masood, who played Aladdin in uh the aladdin movie that came out uh <laughs> he was cast or originally he was the reported choice similar to Stephen young the reported choice to play ezra ezra bridger in ahsoka and he was uh replaced the deal fell through in similar in a similar sense assuming this is true uh and he was replaced by a guy no one ever heard of um and the guy that no one ever heard of did a hell of a job as ezra bridger Looked just like him, sounded like him. Yeah, uh, looked way more like him than 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 uh, than Mina Masood did. Mina Masood were more recognizable, bigger name, but uh, exactly would not have been necessarily a better choice. And uh, uh, you know, another example of that is in the show Winning Time. You know, we had Bo Burnham was cast to play Larry Bird. You know, in Winning Time, big name. You know, household names to to a lot of to a lot of people that watch television, uh, and. That fell through because of scheduling conflicts, and they cast a no-name guy of Larry Bird, and the producer producer of that show came out and said, you know, that was the biggest blessing in disguise was Bo Burnham having to pull out 
you know, we cast somebody that and it would be a perfect fit. So, you know, I mean, we'll see who they end up going with, but um, definitely not good news for Marvel. I can't say it's good news, but I can't say it's bad news just yet. Shamari, yeah. how, do you, how do you see how do you see this? Do, do you see this as something that is a troublesome development for Marvel to lose Stephen Young if this is indeed true? Um, I wouldn't call it troublesome. Um, I mean, it's I mean, I I like Stephen Young at least in everything I've seen him in. I I think he was really good in The Walking Dead, and um, you know, I I liked you know what I saw from him in Nope as well. Um. And he is, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, he's definitely a talent. Um, but I, he's not someone I put in the, like, you can't, you can't possibly find, like, you'll never find someone of this caliber type, um, you know, just from what I've seen. So, I mean, I wouldn't call this like some kind of blow that they couldn't recover from. Um, I mean, they can find, they can, you know, they can find someone else. And Sentry is, is you know, a he is your, you know, Superman archetype, Homelander, you know, filling the, just super, just super powered being, you know, if you find a, you know, a male of, you know, such and such height, whatever height they're looking for, you know, that's willing to, to, as Kendall pointed out, work out a lot, or, or you can go the Shazam route and just kind of put stuff in his suit. Or whatever, um, plus CG, um, and uh, which I'm hoping they just have them exercise, but <laughs> but you know, um, but I mean, you know, it's it's not this isn't a character that I'm that I'm particularly picky about in terms of, uh, in terms of who I think needs to be playing this character and the caliber and even the caliber of actor necessarily that needs to be playing this character. Um, so, um, I mean, I don't know, maybe I just don't have, I just don't have very high expectations, particularly maybe I'm just, you know, um, you know, yeah. The thing about the thing about the, the about the century is you have to find someone and, you know, uh, I feel lucky to have read so much of dark rain to kind of get a feeling for the century. He's a a very kind of new character. He's someone who was created in this millennium, but really kind of mm-hmm. was flushed out during that kind of new Avengers into Dark Reign era, and he was a major figure in the Dark Reign era. Like you need someone who's going to be able to kind of play, uh, you know, someone who's emotionally damaged, emotionally complex, um, who can turn it on and turn it on into like a, a demonic figure when he turns into the Void. Like there is some depth to the century i know sometimes we think of just like this the, you know the powers and we think about uh you know him kind of being kind of being like you know this like you know super, i don't want to call him superman wannabe because that's that's way too harsh but like the, you know he's definitely obviously inspired by superman but there's so much more to robert uh reynolds the character if indeed like they're they're sticking to that being his uh personality that i think you do need somebody who can actually play the role and to be honest, Stephen Young seemed like to me a bit of an odd choice, and forget about even any of the race bending or all, any whatever you want to call it. Like, I, I I tend I tend to see him as a guy who, I mean, he plays invincible. Obviously, he's a as a voice actor. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he plus he, he's the lead in The Walking Dead. I, I just 
I don't see those quite necessarily as, or at least one of the main characters in Walking Dead. I don't see those characters quite as dynamic when it comes to being like emotionally damaged, like like the century is. So, as talented as Steven is, I kind of wondered if, from just what we've seen from Steven in his biggest roles, did this make any sense? Regardless, now he's again he's really talented, so maybe it doesn't matter. Like maybe you should say, hey, let's you know get somebody who's really good and then they could show the depth that they do indeed have but that was the question i always had so losing him i think it's bad because it just speaks to just kind of the the lack of organization i think we're seeing from marvel like that to me i think is the worst thing is just that like i mean here was the uh, runaway i mean excuse me runaway Jesus. the uh thunderbolt's supposed to come out what 2025 i want to say i don't know do we have a release date for that yeah 2025 is what i'm saying so we're in 2024. <laughs> like, like that's next year. This movie is slated to come out in next summer, and you're having your main foil, the quote unquote villain. It's hard to call Central villain. He's a very complicated character, but the the foil of the movie, the big bad of the movie, he's pulling out right before he's shooting. I mean, apparently they were doing, according to Robert Kirkman, they were doing suit fittings for him, like not that long ago. Like what? Like how does this happen? Like that to me is maybe more of the issue for me than even beyond losing Yon. Like that, some of that time, sometimes like he's a great talent, but I think there are other talented people out there. Marvel, typically you would think is the kind of place where, you know, people aren't going to skip out in that bag. And the fact that Steven is willing to, for whatever reason, I, I think I, I, is I wonder maybe if, a bad sign. I mean, we know major reshoots are happening right now uh, and have been happening with, uh, Captain America Brave New World. Um, and I wonder if, I mean, those movies are going to be directly connected. Uh, and with Harrison Ford being the link between the two, um, I wonder if something has changed about those movies. Um, sounds as if that the reshoots for Captain America are extremely extensive, ex- extensive major action sequences being reshot being changed um you know virtually a whole new movie being made for what it sounds like but it's why they had to uh push it back so far um i wonder right. if that's affected this movie and i wonder if you know could be his character was taken out could be his character could just be you know he just didn't like the dysfunction you know he didn't like being given a script taking a role and then them saying this is the new script <laughs> you know like whatever whatever the case may be this you know i wonder if some of the dysfunction or the, the shift because when he was allegedly cast and when his name was first started flo- you know floating out that was way before secret invasion had even came out so marvel was still they were still cooking with gas uh i don't know if it was the gas that you really want but they they thought they were cooking with gas uh you know it ended up being baby oil they were cooking with but still um it, you know now we fast forward six months eight months um uh maybe things have changed <laughs> now he's like this isn't the movie i signed up for this isn't the role i signed up for and this isn't even the mcu that i signed up for so that's something that i we have to take into account and, and just real quickly just you know it's a great thing we do this podcast now and i think you update story so this is now on the Hollywood Reporter. So shout out to DCU Luke Official. Leaks. Yeah, shout wow. out to DCU Leaks. They they got it before the Hollywood Reporter. 
you know, it's rare you see it's rare you see something on like a Reddit page get confirmed by a trade this fast. Like you this may see why it we, two, three uh, months did. later. <laughs> what do you say, Kendo? No, like th- this is why we talk about these things now. It was exactly. a long time where you know we used to it used to be a joke. Remember we used to have the what was it the 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 theory of the week or whatever or the you know yeah, rumor had, of the week. Yeah, we did have a segment on the show where, where we were, it where was just, it was like just some, about Reddit. Yeah, some wild Reddit some, thing we would see. We would just talk about it. And be like, yeah, is, this, is it any possible decision? Yeah, yeah now time, like those are the major. Those are the major stories now. Yeah, times have changed now, yep. and so just I'm trying to make sure there's not anything major that I'm missing from the story now that we now have it on our trade. But however, report I'm just going to read this out. Stephen Young will not be suiting up for Thunderbolts, the anti-hero-centric feature in the works for Marvel Studios. Sources tell The Hollywood Reporter. Young's involvement in Thunderbolts was first reported back in February, though Marvel never officially announced the casting. Five months earlier, during a D23 presentation, the studio revealed Florence Pugh, Sebastian Stan, David Harbour, Wyatt Russell were among the Marvel mainstays who would be in the film. Like many tent poles, uh, Thunderbolts was struck uh, by last year, uh, last year's dual writers and actor strike, which put schedules in disarray across Hollywood. Thunderbolts was originally slated for July 24, will switch back to July 25, and has yet to begin filming. So, you know, again, you know how I read these articles. I, it, it seems like that is just simply just a timing thing. Like, is that could that be it? Like, it just seems odd again because again we had Rob Kirkman, who's again worked so closely with Yun for multiple projects uh invincible and walking dead you know saying like well yeah he's like getting ready to do this thing and then now he's not so so i'm like what what you know i, I don't know but it, see it, to me just reading that part of it it feels like they're kind of setting it up maybe it's marvel trying to you know make an excuse for why he's leaving but it seems to be to me like they're kind of setting up that hey it was the writer strike that actually ended up causing this issue where now he can't do this yeah, yeah, it seems like that's kind of what that may be how they're they're framing it. Um and as you said it may be it may be I wouldn't call it a call it a work, but just like it may just be kind of what they're putting out there. Yep. versus sure. uh versus uh what we know or or what what is leaking what is leaking out. And um yeah, I mean like I know said, you know, this is why we do it, you know, we you know, we get these scoops and, and they, a lot of them end up becoming true. Some or many end up not becoming true, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, this one, uh, yeah, this is interesting. And, and I think, you know, we may still see Yun. I mean, he's been in various different things as we, as you said, he's an invincible, you know, kind of an entry, his entry into the kind of superhero genre. So um, there may be a name we hear uh, going forward in other ways. Yep, it's a very, very big story here. Stephen Young again now. Uh, I mean, Marvel's like I say, but officially being imported now by the traders out as the Sentry. So see how uh, the Thunderbolts uh, picks up the pieces. That movie being directed by uh, Jack Schreier, and again set to come out July of next year. So you got about fifteen months before we see it. But a movie that's supposed to be shot probably pretty soon now uh, has a major change there. So okay. So we'll wrap the show here. Last 10 minutes or so. Talking about Aquaman, Lost Kingdom, final movie in the DC EU. We're now shifting gears into the DCU, which 
the more I think about it, the more I get super excited because I'm really excited for what James Gunn is doing. He he said earlier this week that he has, I believe, 95% of the cast confirmed and locked in for Superman Legacy. So buckle up, man. That's going to be quite the ride once we really start to get news and shooting. And at some point, we'll start to get even a press run. And, man, it's going to be fun. So Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. A movie that, when it comes to the box office, not that great. When it comes to the critical response, not that great. Um, I'm trying to pull up quickly the uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, but uh, but the critics did not like this movie, and they made it known pretty aggressively with their rating. Right now, thirty five percent on the tomato meter, and again, this is a not a movie. That no, that's at least this. As I said before, this is a movie that, um, that did not do great in the box office as well, despite coming out on a holiday weekend. I think that we have now seen the critics take a step too far, and I think what we are now seeing is a a piling on of superhero movies because I watched this movie, and it's one of the first superhero movies we've all watched together in a while, which is really cool. I thought Aquaman Lost Kingdom was really good. And I was surprised how good it was considering, you know, I thought the first movie was fine and we watched it the night before. I Actually, watching the first movie back, actually, I don't think it's aged quite as well in hindsight watching it again. Um, but I thought the second movie was really good. I thought the plot was easy to follow, which I think actually helped this movie a lot. I think Yahya Abdul-Mateen's his Black Manta portrayal is one of the best villain portrayals I feel like I've seen in terms of comic book accurate in a comic movie I've seen in, what, 10 years? Like, I don't, I, I'm not, I, I'm really not, like, I, I'm not trying to speak in hyperbole, like, like, I thought he was fantastic in this movie. Um, are there some things that don't work? Yes. I think that, uh, the, a lot of the humor early in the movie felt very goofy. I thought how they tried to dance around not using Amber Heard's mirror character. And, you know, I didn't think I'd ever say this, but shout out to Elon Musk as much as I hate to say that. Cause I think seeing Mira play as much a role as she did in the action sequences and some of the big sequences, I think really helped this movie. And apparently that was not going to happen. So I'm happy that that happened. But the fact that they clearly did try to minimize uh, Amber Heard's role in this actually, I think was a, a detriment. Um, I think some of the, er- again, the, to me, the biggest stuff was the early humor. It was tough. I think even the early humor when it came to, uh, uh, the Orm stuff, especially when you talk about trying to break him out. I thought that was a scene that maybe they didn't need to have at all. It was a little long. This is a movie that is two hours and four minutes, and it probably could have been a little shorter given how long that was. But I think once we got past that, I think there was a lot of good stuff here. And um, shout out to Randall Park, who I, I thought kind of, he ends up playing just kind of this random scientist who actually is in the first movie, and he got a much bigger role in this. His his that guy's comedic timing. I know he plays probably he plays the same character in everything he does, but like I will <laughs> yes. never be upset about it. Like you, you could never. I will never tolerate Randall Park slander. 
I don't care if you tell me he plays <laughs> the same role. I don't care if you tell me that he's cookie cutter. He is so funny. And he is so good, not just with his timing, his delivery. Even in this movie, both times, his actual physical comedy was so good. And this is a guy who, again, was not a main character in this movie, but his scenes were fantastic. I mean, critics, man, get lost. I'm sorry. And I didn't, I, you know, I, I'm not someone who typically comes on to, to bash critics or bash media because I, I hate being that guy. I think it's very easy to be that person. But like, 35% get lost. This movie was not a train wreck. This was a fun movie with that had really awesome acrobatic sequences. You tell me that fight scene between Aquaman and Manta in Atlantis. You're trying to talk that looked like something straight out of a comic book. How, like how do you watch that movie and be like that joint was garbage? Like I I don't understand it. I don't understand. It. I'm not going to tell you that this was one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. I'm not saying anything like that. But I sat there and thoroughly enjoyed watching this movie and how it was going to play out. I even enjoyed the aspect when it came down to and something we see often. And, you know, the movie, a lot of it stemming from, you know, Manta having these powers from this Black Trident. And this idea and what they do often is, well, you know, it's really the Black Trident that's making them do, you know, all these different things. I love how in this movie, multiple times they try to tell you the Black Trident is giving him this power. But don't get it twisted. He's doing this because Aquaman is the ops. And he hates Aquaman. And he will do anything to destroy Aquaman. And that's good enough sometimes. Like this idea that they want to kind of neuter villains by making them say, oh, they're actually good people that just got corrupted. It's like, no, this is a guy who's not a good person. But you know what? Now he's really powerful. Now he's really dangerous. He's only doing this because he hates Aquaman. He wants to see everything he loves suffered. Like, I love that it was simple. So, I mean, I really enjoyed this movie. I don't really have much of an opinion or feeling about the, the, the box office being bad because, like, it's the end of an era. So, I don't, like, I, I don't think people have to go see this movie. But, I mean, if you're a superhero fan, I don't know, like, you'll go this, go to this, and you'll probably enjoy it. I don't know what, and the, the fact that the audience score, I don't love to run to the audience score because I think in many ways it's very skewed. But the fact that the audience score is 50 points higher almost than the, tomato score tells me a lot with this one this this was a grave misstep by the critics saying that this was a bad movie it is not yeah um yeah man i mean ej i know you say you don't you don't want to be the the hate the critics guy i'll gladly be that guy (laughs) i will gladly be that guy i feel like i've been that guy for many years now it's gotten to the point where like i don't know how much I, i i really value like the the critical because like i find myself more and more just not agreeing with the critics sometimes on either side if they they'll like say something is great um like how they had like how they loved um shout out to imperial broadcast of course we talked about all these star wars movies how, how the you know uh rise of skywalker which is oh well or uh, the last jedi and some of the, <laughs> some of those where they were like loving something i'm just seeing it they're like what like this is not like it's just there's clearly and i think there is starting to be more and more of a disconnect um especially with or specifically with these movies in which they're not um meant to be taken seriously and i don't know i feel like a lot of these critics like maybe don't like don't like know or, or what i don't know 
because it's uh, it's often with these movies where it's like it's like some kind of fun movie, like a comic book movie, or a Star Wars movie, or a fantasy movie, or something else where it's like you, you're, people are going to the movie. People aren't going to the movie to be moved like that. Mm-hmm. You know, what I think the like, problem is. Not, I think the problem yeah. is there's two things. One, I think that there is this expectation from superhero movies that is unfair because there's not expectations for other movies. But there's an expectation that these movies have to push the genre forward in a way that we've never seen before, which is stupid because we don't ask that of other genres, number one. And also, number two, like, we watch the same, you know, we read the same kind of comics, read the same kind of, watch the same kind of superhero movies and TV shows when it comes to animated and mm-hmm. it's just doing the genre well. It doesn't like just because you don't yep. do something that is Absolutely. quote unquote new or cutting edge or edgy doesn't mean that something isn't good. And that's the thing I keep seeing that's annoying when I see these critic reviews. Because I be reading these joints and I say, and the biggest thing these crazy love to run to is, well, this isn't going to be any much different than some of the superhero movies you see. And I'm like, that's not a freaking criticism. That's not like that's not a criticism. It, you cannot say a movie yep. is bad because it is not different than something else you've already seen that's like saying vince carter going between his legs didn't matter because kobe bryant and isaiah Ryder did it 10 years before it's stupid it's stupid and yet people keep using that as an excuse to say oh uh it's similar to what i've seen before therefore bad and it's like that's not a that's not a criticism dog like i hate that yeah and and their their expectations are just really high like and i and i agree with everything you're saying like and i think it's just unrealistically high like like part of me wonders if maybe like if there's like a director's guild or something maybe they need to sit down with these critics and just explain like when we take on these comic book movies we're not trying to like break the mold like a lot of us are just trying to make a fun movie like that's we're not trying to like make some transformative thing like that's not what we're trying to do like james wan made this movie he wanted to make a fun movie and he and he did it <laughs> in my opinion i think he did it I, these superhero directors like shout out to them for giving these efforts i mean some of them suck like you know some of the movies we've seen recently like you know taika waititi and what, what stuff he's been saying and stuff but like they have such a hard job because you have one side we have fans who are unrealistic in their expectations and their expectation mm-hmm. to either give you something so grandiose and introduce five different universes and that that is unrealistic to actually meet when you're doing, you know, I don't know, Ant-Man or Blue Beetle, you know? Like, so you have that side where it's like, oh, Blue Beetle was good, but, like, nothing happened. Ugh, I don't need to watch yeah. this. And so you can't please those people. But then you also can't please these people on this side who are critics saying oh okay your movie was fun but it's too similar to what i've seen so i don't care it's like you can't say i'm gonna push the envelope in terms of just like giving you the most canon thing possible which is gonna be similar to what you've seen before probably and then say well we're also gonna do something cutting edge like it's just you're not gonna have this it's it's like that's a silver bullet that most people aren't gonna be able to reach yeah and and you know and honestly like and this would be the last thing I kind of say, because I want to get to my thoughts on the movie itself. But like the critics, like, you know, people like what they like. They don't what they don't like. I mean, if they didn't like Aquaman. They didn't like Aquaman. It's, you know, if they didn't, like, you know, they should be honest in their in their reactions to these movies. 
you know, but, you know, maybe they should kind of just, I don't know, like, just not go into these movies expecting something so transformative and just, like, try to just just sit back and just get some snacks and just... I go to these movies, I turn my brain off for a couple hours. I'm going to keep it real. I go to Aquaman 2, I'm not looking to, to see, oh, how did this move me? Like, I just... It wasn't fun. Did I see a lot of action? Cool. Like I, you know, I mean, so one of these know. negative reviews, Sham that. says a simple excuse to elaborate on a film that is shameless Hollywood entertainment, depending on fun moments, spectacular action scenes and scenes and fun and fantastic locations. What about that is negative? Yeah. Like that's, see, that's a, that's, that's a, a s- negative review that a movie is depending yeah, too the- much on fun moments, spectacular action sequences and fantastic locations. That was bad. We shouldn't do those. And things it's like, anymore. Like, what like, are we yo, doing this Aquaman, now? Dog. Like, yeah. this is Aquaman. It's Aquaman. You know, like, what, what are we talking about? So, yeah, it's just stuff like that is just like, it's just crazy to me. Um, but just to quickly, just to quickly get my thoughts on the movie, it's a fantastic movie. I liked it probably more than the. I have to rewatch the first one again because we just, I really enjoyed the first one. I like the conflicts uh, between the different, different factions in Atlantis. I thought it did a lot with that and that was really cool but black man's just so good in this movie he's so good and like you said ej he's right out the comics his suit is right out the comics it's right from the comics it looks even better than the one in the first movie now and no. he and it's like and it <laughs> and like his we did the stuff we were doing with the trident and oh he has a harpoon gosh. and yeah. stuff i'm like yo he has everything from the show from from uh from uh injustice he has and, and stuff in the he has everything from that stuff. He has everything from that. I'm like, this is, I'm like, Juan just looked at the comics. He looked at the recent shows and media and was like, I'm going to put that guy in a movie. And I applaud him for that because we see these guys try to change up people so much. And oh, yeah. To, no, he's like, no, you don't want Black Manta? This is Black Manta. And he gave us Black Manta. And you're right. Yaya Abdul-Mateen was fantastic. Um the action was awesome. The tech was awesome. Yep. The lore was great. Um, I like Momoa. Another thing, if you don't like Momoa, you're not going to like this movie. I like Momoa. Mm-hmm. So I very much enjoyed the movie. Um, and I thought he his role was fantastic. And uh, the drama with like his family and how they're going after his son and it, with the bloodline, it was just great. It was great. The twists were great. The action hit hit perfect this is a great movie if you if you're if you enjoyed the first one you'll probably like this one even more and shout out to james wan man shout out to james wan that's all i gotta say shamari effusive in his praise of aquaman what do you think of aquaman uh i think for the most part i enjoyed it um i i understand the the critic uh the critic reviews probably more than you guys in terms of, um, you know, I can see, I can see how they watched this movie and didn't like it. And I agree with everything you guys have said in terms of, uh, I think a lot of it comes down to how the lens that you're watching movies from, um, you know, I've, I've watched reviews where I've seen or listened to reviews, read reviews where I've seen people talking about, um, you know, like this. You know, this is the follow-up to a billion-dollar movie, and to some degree, I understand. But I, again, like you talked, like you talked about it, EJ. We rewatched the first movie, and I don't, 
I don't think the first movie was this massively regal, you know, buttoned up, like, you know, super, super serious movie. Like, it had some of those moments, and it took itself seriously, but I don't think that, um, like, I don't think that, I don't, I watched this movie, and like, oh, this is just a, a massive fart joke of a movie compared to uh, the first one. I think it, it's a little more lighthearted, maybe, but it's, for the most part, that the tone was pretty similar. Um and and again, when you view it from that lens, and you view it from the lens of oh man, this is the last DC movie, and you know they're they're cracking, you know cockroach jokes, joke, cockroach joke, jokes at the end of a uh, at the end of the last DCU movie, and that's the post credit scene. And if that upsets you, I understand, but I, that's not how I'm viewing this movie. I'm not viewing this as the last, the the final chapter in the DC. Because they don't, they don't, they don't, they didn't want the DCU to go out uh, with a bang. That's not what they were looking for. Because at the end of the day, James Gunn didn't want to, didn't want to add more, you know, thing to this idea that DCU should live on. If anything, he'd rather go out on something that's kind of, you know, you know, small stakes and low stakes. And um, so look again, I thought the movie was fine. Um, if I was putting it on a tier of other DCU movies, I'd probably put it around the same tier as Black Adam, same tier as Wonder Woman 84. And I like those. So that's me me saying I I, I think that those movies are good. Um, You know, I I think The Suicide Squad is also on that tier. I also didn't like, I didn't love The Suicide Squad maybe as much as everybody else, and I've said that on the show as well. But I think they're all in the same tier as a B, the B movie probably generally, and I think, and again, that that's where I think this movie is is fine if you just watch it in, in that sense. I probably like Blue Beetle a little bit better, but I can also see you arguing Blue, this this movie and Blue Beetle, and I, I I'd be fine with that. But yeah, I mean, I look up Momoa is he, he, Momoa. I think is as good as Aquaman. Um, He's a fun character. Uh, you know, I'm excited to see him at Lobo. Uh, if if that ends up being the case, which has been more and more smoke to suggest that'll be the case. Um, you know, uh, you guys are right about Yaya Abdul Mateen. Uh, you know, uh, and some of the some of the, so I I could see where some people didn't love the the stuff with the 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 the, the Lost Kingdom and the the guy the the ghost character and the trident you know um but he did the best he could with with the with the character and the role i mean he did an excellent job um and it i kind of we we heard those reports or one of the reports i believe james Wan himself saying that you know the reports about it a movie about the trench you know, at the time we were, we heard those reports we were like what like yeah. why are we doing a movie about the trench that doesn't sound like a terrible spinoff uh, but that, and then he came out and said, no, that was actually a Black Manta movie that we were, that we were making, but we were just, you know, hiding it, you know, lying to the trades and whatnot. And now we see why they were making that movie. And I feel like they probably blended a lot of that movie yeah, into some of the trenches this story. Sure. Definitely. Um, because like, and you almost feel like there may be a missing, like there may be a missing Black Manta movie somewhere that like could have added to this movie even more if they would have you know gave him more time and that's that was the plan but 
eventually I think they just kind of combined the Manta movie and this movie. And again, I think it worked for the most part, but, um, you know, the, the, I can understand that. The, I, honestly, I think I, my biggest knock, yeah, not necessarily the knock, knock in the movie, just more so in their, in their sort of end game and their mindset. And I, I read or I heard that James Wan had sort of viewed these movies as part one, part two, so to speak. And it's sort of my knock is that there's really no new characters or concepts. I mean, there's new concepts, I guess, but there's not really too many new characters. Which this, is fine. This is one of the movies you definitely, you definitely had to watch the first movie to know anything. Yeah, if you didn't watch the first, yeah, if you didn't watch the first, and that's what I, that's that's something that I've heard people say. Is that man? Like I'm watching this movie, and who's Dolph Lund- Who's this Dolph Lundgren guy? Like who's, the- who's this Atlantean guy with the crab? And he's talking about losing his hand, and you're just like, what was that? When was that? <laughs> when did that happen? And it's like, yeah, I mean, we just watched the movie, so we caught a lot of those references. And, like, yeah, Jimmy Woo showing up. It's like, yeah, that was the post credit scene in the first movie. It was Jimmy Woo, and yeah, I call him Jimmy Woo, Randall Park, <laughs> whatever oh, his name is. Yeah, Randall Park but, is his actor's name. Yeah, Randall Park. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, I know I know the actor. Yeah, I don't know his character's name. Oh right. Yeah. I don't know his character's name. Neither so I'm right. calling him Jimmy Woo because essentially yeah. that's who he is. But yeah, yeah. Uh <laughs> but we see Jimmy Woo like showing up and you know, but and we're asking why, you know, people are asking what is he doing here? You know, this is a Jimmy Woo ripoff, you know, blah blah blah, and people forget he's in the first movie. Uh and this is where it shows up from. So I you know, I don't have a problem with uh I don't have a problem with a lot of those things if you watch the first movie, but my biggest problem is that again, they didn't really add much to it. You know, it's kind of we're just going back to you know, Orm and you know, going back to Manta and you know, it's a continuation of the first movie, which is fine. Not a sequel you usually see though. A lot of times you see a sequel, superhero movie sequel, and it adds new new villains, new concepts, something. Uh this movie recycles a lot of the same characters from the first movie. Just with a kid. Yeah, yeah. That that was. I, I, in some ways, I felt like if there was anything, the things that I think, some of that baggage from the last movie, I think some some of it dragged down. Where you know, they had they wanted to try to commit to. I think the stuff with like Aquaman trying to commit to being like the king, like that stuff, I think fell a little flat because like I I don't think that. I don't think Juan really thought out much in terms of like how what does a Jason Momoa Aquaman King look like. It, he tried to treat it as a joke, and I don't think it should have been. I think that should have been something way more. He's a very fun character, but I, I thought it was way too lighthearted in terms of how he was handling being the king when he's sleeping during meetings. So like I, I didn't really love that. The one thing I think also that I think was a, a, a you know it didn't bother me as much because at the end at the end of the day they're just like random henchmen. But, like, why is anyone helping Black Manta? That was the one thing I couldn't quite understand. And, like, as much as I did. Goons. Nah, right. man, I love the goons, I know what you're saying, Troy, love, but, like, at the same time. They look just like Manta's know, goons from the cartoons. I know. And the, that's the thing. I they know. got the goofy helmets. They shoot the things. That, that's the whole thing. I know. But, like, they're all in the that's ship. The and they, they all, they, they, they are, you know, they're, they're, they're shooting off the blasters. And I'm just, like, you know, they're looking for, they're going into the, the subterranean or the, you know. He's got an Imperial army the, with them. They got, they're going there. Exactly. <laughs> no, it, it did honestly feel very Star Wars-like. And some of it, again, to a certain degree, it was cool. I'm not saying it wasn't cool, 
I'm saying from a story. Like, who are these guys, though? Right. And also, like, why, like, okay, like, you're destroying the earth and you're just cool with it. Like, why are you doing this? Like, I understand why, why Manta was doing it was extremely clearing, and that's why the people who keep, like, saying that. The and story, Jimmy Woo, even. Right. The park. And, like, and, you and, understand and why. Him or why. But, like, and so, but so if people say that, oh, this story is convoluted, it's BS. It's very simple. But, like, I'm like, all right, but all you other people, like, what are you getting out of destroying the earth so that Black Manta could. could could free this lost kingdom and it, it seemed like to some degree maybe they didn't know the whole plan but at a certain point like they did know right. they were destroying earth that they didn't know so like i didn't quite get that part of it how he, like he recruited a lot of people like yeah and he had like an army which i thought was, again was badass but because like you know he's going against atlanteans and going against aquaman's folks like so he's gonna need an army the fact that he had one was cool i just that was one of the things i was just watching him like why is anybody why is anybody working with this guy? That and and the other thing I think I would say to me too, I enjoyed Orm's redemption. I kind of, I kind of wanted him to turn heel at some point. Like I kind of wanted him, and even if it meant that he'd still help them, save them, and stuff, I kind of wanted something to happen in the movie to let us know that hey, like letting him out is a, probably a bad idea. Like I'm, I'm glad they didn't go in that route just because yeah. it would have been so like for it was like one of those right. things where it's like we all know it's gonna little, happen. A little eye roll, a little typical. Kind right, of we like, know it's gonna happen, so it's like in the you're you're gonna be damned if you don't you don't because you're making this so obvious. Like if you do do the twist, it's gonna be seen for a mile, and if you don't do the twist, it's gonna be like, well, what was all this tension for? For just for no reason at the end of the day. Like, like I did said, not, I, I, like I didn't want to save Dolph Lundgren. Like I was like, oh yeah, he's not gonna save him. Good. And it's something that, that no- would've been, I thought that would have been interesting. And I was like, nobody yeah, would, and nobody would know. He gets like, eh, yeah, I tried. Right. He just, he fell. And they're like, they, they cry for right. a second. And they're right. And they fight on. And like, again, he still fights. He still stays everybody. And they let him free. But you're like, wow, I just saw him like letting a man die. Like it kind of, it still would have kept some teeth on Orm. Again, the, there's nowhere to go with this franchise. So it's fine. But I even thought in story, I was like, Orm is a legit, like, a hole. Like I, I don't know if I need a full redemption. I want some redemption. I didn't know if I needed full redemption, but I did. Ultimately, what? Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say what you said about like this movie not having uh like the, the DC not having a future. I think how they made this movie, which I don't, again, I don't think is a problem. Like I don't, they weren't right. making this movie trying to set up Aquaman three. People were you know upset we didn't get a Cavill post credit scene or Ben Affleck or Gal Gadot. But again, this movie's not about any of that stuff. It's about Aquaman. It's a sequel to the first movie. If you like the first movie, you should like this one. If you don't like the first movie, you're probably not going to like this one. You're certainly not going to like this one. I, you know, I don't think it's that complex of a of a situation. But again, people, I don't know. Like I said, it's not received as well as the first one. So clearly it's not as simple as you didn't see the If you like the first one, you don't like this I, one. But, but one thing I'm seeing. I feel like it should be. Yeah, but one thing I'm seeing though is that people just like to jump on a wave, and right now the wave is the hate on superhero movies, and I think that's what you're seeing. I don't know, I don't know how you watch the first movie. As you said, it's fairly well received. It's in like the 60s or 70s in Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know how you watch that movie, say that movie was good, and you watch this movie and say this movie was terrible. I don't, I don't see that. Like to me, like I think if you think both, if you think both movies were good, then you think you should think both of them were good. You thought first one was bad, then you probably think this is bad. But there shouldn't be like when a sequel comes out and you see this drop in score, it suggests a plummet in quality. I don't know. Again, I don't know how you see that with how this movie was set up. I, I totally disagree I like with that, this movie better that, than the flash of this. 
If if you told me somebody likes Definitely. the Flash better, you know, Absolutely. I could, I could, I could, I could see somebody saying they like the Flash better. Um, but I just think that this movie is a more coherent, more streamlined. I mean, the movie. Flash has like, the, the Flash. Mean, the, the plot holes in the Flash are just absurd. Right, so it's all over the place. You know, it reeks with plot holes and inconsistencies and random stuff that happens with no explanation. This movie doesn't have that as much. It's just, again, it's, it's just very Jason Momoa Aquaman. So if you if you if you're not, and the, if you don't like that character, maybe you like Ezra Miller's Barry Allen. You know, you may like that movie better. But in terms of like, comes down and to like, I think in terms of like why I can't put it on that like S list S level tier of like DC movies is is probably because the Aquaman Momoa. Like watching this movie as fine as he was. I'm kind of like, yeah, like, I, I'd much prefer, let's get to a more normal Aquaman. Like, and I mentioned kind of the stuff with him and kind of how he's, like, the, the politics of, like, him dealing with Atlantis I didn't love. I just didn't like how he handled it. Um, I think that character in a king role just doesn't work. So that, like, there are some things that while I enjoyed this movie, I'm like, I'm I'm good on, like, having Aquaman be this you know this way i don't i don't hate him nearly as much as Bar- i i do i really dislike Ezra as barry allen and i regardless of what happened before like any crime or anything i i said this the minute i saw him or them sorry um so i i so i momoa's aquaman I, I haven't felt nearly as bad about but like watching this i was kind of like yeah this definitely looks more like a lobo <laughs> i'm fine with him Transitioning into being yeah. Lobo, this will probably make a little more sense. And I actually am excited to see how they do a more traditional Aquaman, I assume, which is what they would try to do with James Gunn. It's not going to be anytime soon, but I think that when they do it, it could end up being really cool. Sham, I'll give you the final word on this before we get out of here. Uh, Final word? Um, Well, I mean, y'all heard me. I mean, I my final word is this a great movie. I hope to see James Wan uh, work more. Hopefully James Gunn brings him into the fold of uh, the DCU in some way. I know James Wan said he wanted to kind of move on a different, go back into this horror bag, which I've been jumping into as well with the conjuring films. Um, And I have mixed feelings about those, but I mean, that's a whole different genre. That's a whole conversation for another day. But, um, but yeah, he, I'm hoping to see more, more from him. I've, you know, you guys know Aquaman's one of my favorite, uh, superhero movies, and this is right up there. There's another one, another one of my favorite movies, favorite uh, superhero movies for sure. So you know, hopefully we get to see more from him and in the cast, and you know, Randall Park, Yaya Abdul-Mateen, Jason Momoa, Patrick Wilson. I mean, these guys they do good, they do good work. So I'm hoping to see more. All right, that's a good place to leave it here. So I want to thank you guys so much for checking out this edition of New Generation Hero Talk. Of course, you can catch. All of our shows on the New Generation Podcast Network. You can find that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcasts. You can also follow us individually on social media. Shamari's on Instagram and Snapchat, MQShan22. Kendall is on Twitter, New Gen Ken. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, Instagram, threads and tiktok action egypt that'll do it for now thank you guys so much for checking us out for shamari for kendall i'm ej take it easy guys peace